Welcome to the Face to Face podcast. So, just felt to insert a little something before I turn this over to the Mark Taylor prophecy in the live recording. Um, here we go again with looking back in retrospect, right? Um, I feel like God used that recording, that live recording, to speak into my life. Um, God has been after my heart. He has been calling me to get involved in having conversation with people in our community about mask wearing and about the injection and just educating people and speaking to school officials about why putting a mask on children is not a good idea. You know, understandably in the beginning, we didn't know what we were dealing with, but now there's there's life-saving medications and um, kids are not in that high-risk category. It is the elderly and the infirmed that are the most likely to have issues. And if anybody listening to this um, desires to find out more information about life-saving medications and things like that, reach out to me at kmjxxoo at gmail.com because I can uh, make sure that you get some information um, and educate you as well. But God had been calling me to get involved. And so I needed to, I needed to hear, I needed to hear a few of the things that, that were said. And, um, you know, also about repentance, repentance for having judgments against people. I found that, and I think, I think when you're in the midst of this battle, of understanding and seeing things, it's hard not to get a little judgy, you know? And um, so I feel like the Lord really softened my heart a bit. I had to get in a position of repentance, and that's okay. And if you find yourself, while you're listening to this, feeling convicted of the fact that, you know, you, you need to come back to that place where we remember that even the worst of the worst is still God's creed. He's there, his creation, and he loves them. Yeah, just, just bring it before God and ask him, ask him to fill you up with, with love and compassion and and to give you healing, I, 
There's so much stuff that's going on right now. And it is, it is so easy to get swept up in opinions and you lose sight. And thank God for grace and mercy. Amen. So, you know, in, and I also felt to mention about, you know, getting in the fight of, against the things that we're seeing in our local, uh, in our schools, in our government, you know, maybe God's nudging you too to do something, to share information, to not be afraid. Uh, we gotta be able to be brave enough to stand up for what we know is right. Even if it means we're going to get backlash, even if it means we're going to get censored and deplatformed or whatever, we've got to stand up for what's right because it could mean opening somebody's eyes and saving them from doing something that they would regret later on, maybe getting, getting the shot giving it to their child, whatever, you know, they may, they may do it and something would happen. And there's so many adverse reactions that are happening. Um, you know, so I just, I pray that you're blessed by what we shared. Um, we were definitely in a place of, um, feeling the Lord and that burden of repentance upon us when we did this recording. So I believe that our humility and our surrender are the keys to bringing, to opening the floodgates so that heaven can invade earth. I love you and God bless. So tonight we're going to be reading The Lost Art of War. <clears throat> this prophecy was released on December 12th of 2016. Um, I think we're just going to dig right in and get going because I feel like we do have some, uh, some other things that the Lord's really been stirring up in us that that goes along with this prophecy. So, um, so we'll get we'll read through the prophecy and and then let the Lord have His way with the rest. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> okay so, uh, you starting us out tonight? So, yes, I believe I am. Okay. Um, the Spirit of God says, "Why are my people not repenting?" You use generalized repentance, which has little to no effect, when you should be using target-focused repentance and prayer. You don't use target-focused repentance because of your pride. Your haughty spirit and attitude have caused you to fall into the enemy's pit. You're afraid of target-focused repentance because you will have to admit there is fault with you and your congregation. By not repenting, this is an abomination. My people have lost the art of war. 
For any true warrior of mine knows that waging an effective warfare starts with target-focused repentance and prayer. The Spirit of God says, Woe, woe, woe to you leaders that have led my people astray. You who are cowardly and afraid of offending have sacrificed my truth and my people on the altar of mammon. Repent now, or you will not come out of that pit, for truly you have received your reward, and that's all you will get. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. Because of your pride and refusal to repent, there will be no hiding from this judgment. It's upon my church, especially the leadership, your big fancy homes, clothes, and cars, were made with money stained with innocent blood. This has allowed the enemy to come in on you like a flood. Even the Pharisee knew not to touch that money, but woe to you that continue to take it saying it's sweet as honey. The blood, the blood which cries out to me day and night from the aborted babies to the murdering of my prophets. The blood is on my church's hands and yet no repentance. I am looking for my true love, my pure spotless bride, and it grieves me her garments are stained because of pride. Where is she? Where is she, my true love? I can no longer wait. My judgment is upon you. Repent and come back to me before it's too late. Mm. Amen. That is that is definitely a very, um, very weighty word. That is very mm-hmm. heavy. It is, because it's directly right to us as a yeah. church. You know, this isn't pointing fingers at the world and what's wrong with the world, but it's pointing fingers directly back at where we are and what responsibility we have. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I was directed to this, sorry, Um, in in what I was sharing with you earlier, I was directed to um, Isaiah 5, Mm. 20, and it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Mm. And it goes on. It's it's really good if you read from 20. So it's Isaiah 5, 20, and all the way to 30, right straight through to the end. Um, it's just talking about, you know, where we've gone astray. You know, we look at mm-hmm. things that are evil and call them good. Are we not living in a day and age that's like that? Or yeah. things that are good and we call it evil. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this is like, coming to a place of repenting of things that we have called good, evil, and evil good. Um, yes. Um, yeah. And it, it really, um, you know, I find myself, as I was listening to that prop, the, the word from Jeremiah Johnson today, um, exposing, it was called exposing perversion perversion in the in the church Mm -hmm. and it's a very powerful word 
But I found myself, and even as I was reading through this, um, I found myself just, I find myself in this place of repenting mm -hmm. for knowing that there are certain things that God is passionate about and I'm not speaking up. Right. I'm not I'm not speaking up because I'm I'm concerned about offending. You know, and, and as Jeremiah Johnson said, you talk about, you know, God's blessings and this and you know, and talk about those things and you'll get a full house. You'll mm -hmm. get everybody applauded. He says you talk about repentance and you hear the crickets chirp. Yeah. He said they'll run out on you faster than you can say the name of Jesus is how he said it. Yeah. And I, I feel like my heart, my heart, in my heart of hearts, I feel right now, like if I'm struggling personally, and I feel like I have to speak this out, I'm struggling personally, because I feel like if we were exposing dirt on political people, and we were talking about, you know, gossip, and, you know, if we were talking about juicy stuff, that right. we would we would have more people that would be willing to to stay and listen, right? But I feel like we're because not tickling we're, the ears of the listener, right? I feel like there's some people who haven't been tuning in because we're calling for repentance, and they're like, "Ugh, that's that's too much. That's too mm -hmm. heavy. That word is too hard mm -hmm. for me," you know. And mm -hmm. and so they move on, and mm -hmm. um. You know, I just, I pray, I pray that, that it would be received. I pray mm -hmm. that, that God would give me the boldness to say the things that need to be said, regardless of who's willing to listen, and that there would be those who are willing to listen to what God's saying in this hour, because I truly believe that he is calling us to repent. He's calling mm -hmm. us to have target focused repentance and prayer right. so so when we feel convicted about something we wouldn't turn it off we wouldn't mm -hmm. just shut it down but we would be willing to take what god is saying and allow our hearts to be pricked allow mm -hmm. us to feel that conviction not condemnation there is no right. condemnation in Christ Jesus, brothers right. and sisters. This it's isn't condemnation. This is conviction. If you're feeling conviction in your heart when someone's speaking a hard word, we have to be willing to take it and then mm -hmm. humble ourselves, humble ourselves enough to examine our hearts and say, why is that bothering me? Why is right. that getting under my skin? Why am I getting irritated right now by what that person is saying? No matter who it is, we right. have got to stop seeking the stuff that makes us feel us feel warm and fuzzy. That's not what this this is not the hour for that. The love mm -hmm. of God, the love of God will always want us to repent. You know, it mm -hmm. says in in Hebrews, is it Hebrews 12 where it says that God God punishes those he loves mm. it, mm -hmm. God brings punishment against those he loves if he's if he's making you feel uncomfortable about something that's because he wants you to get on the right path he wants us right. to get on the right path and there are things <clears throat> that we're 
turning a blind eye to and we've been turning a blind eye to for for so many years it's just easier right it's never mind never mind the man behind the curtain just go on about your business go on your vacations work your nine to five you know have your fun watch your netflix eat your ice cream and drink your soda and just have fun just have fun and and i'm talking to the christian church right now i'm not even talking to the world let the world deal with itself i'm talking to the church right we've got to get in a position where we're willing to admit that we have other things that we're putting above god we have other Mm -hmm. things that we're idolizing and all this does all this does when you have friction in the church when you have when you're when you're dealing with issues in your marriage when you're dealing with issues with your your you know your family and and you know the body of christ it's just revealing it's revealing our idolatry Mm -hmm. it's revealing where jesus is less than in some area of our life Mm -hmm. because we're not following his commands we're not doing what he told us to do and we're not loving him and abiding in him, obviously, if we're struggling with this stuff, you know? Right. So I just, I really, yeah, I really encourage the body of Christ to be willing to allow God to pierce your heart and allow him to speak truth where truth needs to be heard so mm-hmm. that we can, it only brings us closer to him. Mm-hmm. It only brings us into better into a better relationship with the Lord if we allow mm-hmm. Him to have His way in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I like how He um, and even God speaks of this. I mean, in here, um, the blood is on my church's hands. He didn't mm. give a person's name. He didn't say my blood is the blood is on so and so's hand. He said my church. So right. to me, that's, that's corporate. Mm-hmm. God's not, he's not picking out a church, a ministry, a pastor, a prophet. He says, mm-hmm. my church, the blood is on my church. And Jeremiah spoke in that message that we listened to today. And he was saying, you know, we read a place, I think it was yesterday's when we talked about um, God exposing those in the ministry and different things. Or maybe it was just tonight, but it was. We, we have a responsibility. Our hands are dirty in this as well. Like when there's mm-hmm. a, um, a, a prophet or a, a pastor that's fallen from grace, and mm-hmm. we look and we point fingers, and we say, "Oh, you look at there's another pastor who's operating in adultery, and another pastor that's doing this." But wh- what was our responsibility in that ministry? Did, were we idolizing that person their ministry mm-hmm. or we fame mm-hmm. seeking going searching after you know we sometimes put these people up onto this pedestal and we know fame it's an addictive drug that's no different mm-hmm. than any other drug and fame just it changes the position of our heart and it, it pride mm-hmm. increases and here we are feeding it they're, yeah. they're a man just like you you and i are and yep. If they're hearing from the Lord, it's because they've gotten to, on a, into a place on their knees to hear from the Lord. 
and when we desire what they have, it's because we get the same thing by spending a little more time with the Lord. We don't need to go chase down a ministry. But he's saying the blood is on our hands. I personally have never had an abortion. But yet, aborted babies' bloods are on my hands because I have not made God's priorities my priority. Step back. Right. And I say I, me individually, us corporately as a church, because these are some hard issues. Um, what are we, we talking? Same-sex marriage, um, transgender, all these things that come mm-hmm. against the Word of God. It's easier just to say, you do you, and I'll do me. Right. For good. But that's not what God says. Now, he's not calling us to go out and get in people's face and be mean. Everything we do must be in love, but we have to take a stand. Mm -hmm. And when we don't take that stand, if we don't draw that line and say, I love you, but the sin I can't condone. I need Mm -hmm. to get more involved in my government, whether it be local or on a larger scale, to be more involved in lawmaking and more involved in bill passing, more involved in praying, praying. And more importantly, praying is, you know, we don't all live in Washington, D.C. So praying, interceding, being educated, being mindful. Lord, reveal to me. He is a God that has all the answers. Reveal to me an area that I need to specifically target in prayer today in regards to the government, in regards to as a nation sin, as a church sin, being more than just, Lord, please give me a good vacation this year. I'd like to, like we're so caught up, and God wants those things for us. Don't get me wrong. There's a balance. We're allowed to have some enjoyment in this life. But our life shouldn't be so filled with enjoyment that we've never took up our cross and bared it. (laughs) I I mean, if we really want to read the Bible, what did he call the apostles to do? Lay down and come follow me. What am I laying down? Do I have any skin in the game? What sacrifices have I made recently to further the kingdom of God? What have I given up in my own life, in my own time, for sacrifices of God? And for that, I must repent for that, you know? Right. Yeah, and how many, you know, how many of us can really say that if God were to say to us, you know what? No vacation this year. No, mm-hmm. no frivolous activities this year because I want you to invest your time in this, this, or this. Would mm-hmm. we, would we balk at that? Would we be right. upset that he was okay, asking Trump. us to give up our American dream, so to speak? Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I had, I, I had posted a, a clip of a of a pastor who had visited. Um, a church in China, an underground church in China. <clears throat> and, um, you know, basically at a 20, 18 out of 22 people in the room raised their hand when he said, who's been to prison for their faith? Mm. And they go, to, they go to jail for three years. If they get caught practicing Christianity, they, get, they go to, if, if they we make it out alive. We don't you know. know. And yeah. he's, one of the things that he said that really impacted me and, um, you know, had me searching my own heart inwardly was he said when he asked them, what, what do you want me to pray for? Because, like, these people were had scripture memorized, 
because they were in prison and people would write yeah, it down on sense. little pieces of paper and they'd give it to them and then they'd they'd have to memorize it so that they would have the word of God with mm-hmm. them because they, they hunger for it so much. And mm-hmm. so he said, well, how can I pray for you? And they said, oh, in America, you can get together and, and pray and go to church whenever you want. Would you pray that someday that we would be like you? And he said his stomach just was in a knot and he's like i can't do that i can't pray that you would be like us yeah because you rode 13 hours on a bus to get here and you're willing to sit on the floor for three hours in an unair conditioned room he said i can't think of very many american churchgoers that would be willing to do what you've done just to spend three days with me right he said no i will not pray that you would be like us I pray that we'll be like you. More like you. Amen. And, you know, there's so much that God has blessed us with and that, you know, we should be thankful for the blessings. But at the same time, how much of that is just the the bread and the circuses? It's just meant, it's, you know, the enemy can be behind a good thing too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and are we willing to take a step back and go deep? like that and say Mm -hmm. what have I been distracted by all my life what has been distracting me what's keeping me Mm -hmm. from being seriously involved in in wondering what's going on it you know Mm -hmm. even in even things like our this election or why why are do we question why the opposition has been fighting mm-hmm. so hard against Trump. Do we question that at all? Mm-hmm. Or do we just say, oh, it is what it is, you know? And I lived like that for a long time. And I I and honestly yeah. feel like I've been, I've been woke up to a lot of mm-hmm. realities, some of them pretty harsh. And mm-hmm. I'm not willing, once you, once you wake up to it, you, you just, you can't go back. There's no going back. Once you take the red pill, you know, as they say, once you take the red pill, there's no going back. And, and honestly, I wouldn't want to, but we've got to be in a place where, you know, like it says in the beginning of the prophecy and that the prophecy, the prophecy is titled the lost art of war, our warfare, our spiritual warfare is repentance. Absolutely. It takes the arrow out of the bow for the enemy. Yeah. When we repent, it wipes yes. the slate clean. So when we stand before God on Judgment Day and he says, okay, well, they said this, God says, gone. Okay, well, they did this, gone. That's what covered repentance by the gets blood. us. Covered by the blood. Covered by the it's blood. It's the unrepented sin that catches us in the end. Yep. And so, yes, is it hard to self-examine? and, and uh-huh. really get deep as far as maybe some of the thoughts, you know, the, the things, sometimes it's not so much what we speak that we need to, but what we thought in our private time, what goes on in our mind yeah. that no one else knows we're thinking. And so right. if we got to heaven and never repented of those things that we had every opportunity to repent of and wipe that slate clean, mm-hmm. regret, 
that regret's too late at that point. And right. I, I forget where it is in the Bible. It's, it's definitely in the Old Testament with the man that he was in hell, and he said, if I could just have a droplet of water, right? And he, he said, if you could send a message back to my loved ones and let them know not to, they don't want to be here. Well, mm-hmm. we have that message. We have men and women of God preaching that message right? to repent, to turn away from. And it's, are we going to have ears that are inclined to hear? Or do we have itching ears and we just don't want to, ah, they're getting a little kooky there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I really just thank a little God too for what he's doing. for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I thank God for what yeah. he's doing, and I thank God. Um, I heard it recently. spoke, um, you know, 2020 has been a terrible year with so many devastations. Um, and I remember even myself saying in the beginning of the year, 2020, perfect vision, right? 2020. This is the year of perfect vision. And I really mm-hmm. do think that we have had it. I think we've had perfect vision. I think God has been giving us vision, not what we expected. Yeah. But he's been giving us a vision into the glimpse of what the heart is, of yeah. this nation really is coming yeah. to. And I, you know, you, you say that, and the first thing that pops into my mind is, like, when you first get your new glasses. Do you remember mm-hmm. when you first got your first pair of glasses? And you put them on, and all of a sudden, you realize how poor your your vision really was. But you were walking around not, you were walking around unaware of how bad your vision really was until you Mm -hmm. put those glasses on. Well, God is giving us 2020 vision. I was walking around and didn't realize how blind I was. I was blind as a bat. Isn't amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, and now I see. He is giving us an opportunity to put the glasses on, folks. He's given us an opportunity. It's a free will thing. He's not going to force you to put them on, but he's asking you to put them on. And when you put them on and your vision is brought into into that laser focus and you can see the things that you couldn't see before the deceptions the lies the things that the enemy was keeping you blind to because you were in sin god's glasses are giving us an opportunity to see clearly and repent and get back in alignment with god this is not about condemnation this is about getting you lined up getting us lined up as a church with god's will and god's desire to bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth he can't Mm -hmm. do it he can't do it through vessels that are not aligned with him he can't Mm -hmm. he just can't do it and the enemy has been so satisfied with the fact that the church is asleep He's been mm-hmm. so satisfied that the church is blind. He's so yeah. satisfied that you just go to church on Sunday and put in your hour or two and sing your worship songs. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's so satisfied with that because then you'll go home and you'll you'll cuss out your spouse and 
kick the cat and, you know, you'll just be an angry, bitter person who's got unforgiveness and all kinds of issues. And he's like, yeah, okay, you just, you keep doing you. You just keep mm-hmm. doing you. You're, you're just fine. Go, keep going around that same mountain. And I believe that God is giving us an opportunity to be set free and to take mm-hmm. us higher. He wants to Love. take us. He wants to align us with the frequency of heaven because that is how heaven hits earth is through us and our mm. prayers. Our prayers are more, are pure when they're from that place. Mm. And it matters. It matters. The mm. devil wants us to believe that it doesn't matter, that you can just live however you want to live and pray and, and say you're a Christian and mm. that God's going to answer your prayers and that those prayers are going to bear fruit. But it matters. It really does matter to God where our heart is at. What what altar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Character. <clears throat> That's something he spoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be aligned. It's his righteousness. Right. It's living from his righteousness. And righteousness isn't just about being good. It's not just about, you know saying the right things and you know knowing your scripture verses righteousness is that we love jesus and out of that love our appetite changes our appetite changes we suddenly cannot tolerate to talk a certain way we can't we can't watch certain things on tv because it makes us just feel uncomfortable it makes us feel separated Mm-hmm. from from that that space that you know we want to carry his we want to be carriers of his presence and once you're a carrier once you taste and see of the goodness of the lord and you're a carrier of his presence you will you will do everything in your power to protect that yeah because that becomes gold in your life that becomes mm-hmm. your treasure you know mm-hmm. and so righteousness isn't about people living pious lives it's about us being protectors of the the presence of God in our lives and and that's what's missing that's what's Mm -hmm. missing from the body of Christ right now if Mm -hmm. we had his presence if we were protecting the presence Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit we would just automatically bear that fruit Mm -hmm. we would bear the fruit that protects the unborn we would bear the fruit that protects the the abused and the neglected we would mm-hmm. we would automatically those things would just be like fruit on a branch they would just happen mm-hmm. you know? and i just oh i pray i pray that the church will will yeah. repent i pray that yeah. the church will repent repentance because, and yeah. compassion compassion as far as we should never rejoice at the demise of somebody else, so the revealing of someone else's sin. Um, I think that happens far too too much in the body Mm -hmm. of Christ, is that we find enjoyment in someone else's demise, the downfall Mm -hmm. of another person. And God is bringing his people to a place of repentance, not for someone else's pleasure and enjoyment or entertainment, He's bringing them to a place of repentance for us to have compassion and understanding. It's nothing for sin to be exposed and not repented. It's another thing when a person comes to a place of repentance 
I don't care how great the sin is. When a person comes to a place of repentance, it should never be for anybody's enjoyment. It should be as a body, we're gathering around in compassion and lifting that brother or sister up saying, okay, Mm -hmm. that's behind you. Your slate is clean. Now let's help you pick you back up and build you back up. It should never, never be rejoicing. Um, Right. I think that's just huge. I think, I don't know. I just need to speak that. I think someone needed to hear that today is that we should never, and that even goes for um, those that aren't saved. When we're talking about those that don't have that knowledge of Christ, Mm -hmm. even in that, we should never rejoice in the demise of somebody else, pointing out their flaws, their sins. If we find enjoyment, there's something in us that we need to repent of because we should never find pleasure in that. It should, just like me, I'm sitting here and I'm being led for repentance. Lord, the Obamas, Hillary, um, George Soros, those things, like God is just revealing things to me, areas of sin, and I'm asking for the repentance. And if they come to a place of repentance, true repentance for the Lord, we should be open-armed receiving Absolutely. We should never be like... And is the body finally, you know? Yeah, and is the body of Christ, if these people were to come to a place of repentance, would the body of Christ be willing to receive them? Would the right. body of Christ be be mature enough to receive some, you know, people who had maybe done some really, really bad things? Like, uh-huh. you know, some of the things that, you know, we've kind of had our eyes open to. Right. I mean, could you imagine if somebody you knew had been doing stuff like that and then and right. then they, you know, came to a place of repentance with the body of Christ be mature enough? Right. And I, I feel like that's part of what God is getting us ready for. Right. Because there's gonna, believe, it's going to yeah. be dual-sided. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you look at that, you say, okay, when we look at someone, let's look at the Clintons, per se. That is somebody's child, mm-hmm. mother, father, aunt, uncle. That is someone's loved one. Mm-hmm. And as much as we want repentance in their life, in the area of sins that we had shown to us, that is still someone's loved one. And, right. and we say, oh, turn that around and we say, you know what? That is God's child. He is mm-hmm. their father. That's their child. Just like a parent who would have to deal with a grave and sin that a child might commit, you still love that child. Mm-hmm. And your heart breaks for that child in the midst of their sin, in the midst of what they're going through. And when they come to a place of repentance, you open your arms up and you receive them in. Um, right. But if they right. don't, we have to believe that that is God's child. That is mm-hmm. still God's child. His heart is graven at the sin and the unrepentance mm-hmm. for them. He's not, you know, at some point, justice and righteousness will take over if repentance doesn't come into play. But that is not, yeah. his heart His heart is broken in that. <coughs> He's, his mm-hmm. heart is broken in that. And ours should be just as yeah. broken. Absolutely. Um, and I, I really believe that the Lord would say, that unless we are functioning and operating out of a place of righteous love, you know, and, and that, that we're looking at a person through 
the eyes of God, we should not be opening our mouth against them. We right. should not be releasing any type of judgment against another person. We need to check ourselves. We need to check our hearts. And if we are not functioning out of Abba's love, when we look at another person, even if what we see in them is wrong, right. we are never ever to come against them in a way that, because it is not flesh and blood that we battle. Right. It is it is the rulers of darkness and principalities. We need to be speaking against those things. Absolutely. We need to be speaking against and doing that with the compassion that we want to see that Amen. person set free. Amen. We want to Amen. see that person set free from the principalities that have blinded yeah. their eyes and hardened their heart. That should be what we're interceding for. That should be what we're after. And, and if it's not, then we need to take their name out of our mouth. We need to take yeah. their name out of our mouth and just not speak of it. Because there are yeah. too many people who want to see other people go down right. and they're not praying there's no compassion right they're not praying for that person's repentance and i think that's a huge that's a huge problem that's a huge problem you know and if and if you're listening to this and and i'm irritating you right now then take it to the lord take it to the lord and ask him if if you need to check yourself on that one because i know Mm -hmm. that i do i'm not perfect in that regard absolutely and i i I found myself having that, you know, that indignation against somebody and what they're doing. And you know what? Mm -hmm. And we need to be willing to repent of the way that we're coming against other people in that way. We've got to have the love of God first. The love Mm -hmm. of God is first. Amen. Yeah. And trust me, there is a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. As far as, like, if you're the wronged person in this, I mean, these are wrongs done against humanity, right? But when you're a wronged individual, to say that immediately you're praying for them with compassion, that's not reality. It's a process. But we shouldn't, Mm -hmm. it should be a place that we're striving to. In the end, our Mm -hmm. goal is to be able to speak a person's name or pray. If we can't pray for an individual for betterment for them, we have a problem. We have a problem for, and then we need to get that right before we can pray for somebody. Yes, um, absolutely. So absolutely. Go ahead and share absolutely. what you want to share. Uh, it's okay. Um, I just, I kind of felt like, um, uh, in, in place of praying, well, actually that we would use Psalm 51 as our prayer. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. That we would use Psalm 51 as our prayer. And um, just to, for a, just a quick background on this, um, Psalm 51 is a psalm that David composed after he had been um, approached by Nathan the prophet when mm-hmm. he had when he had had an affair with Bathsheba and then had her had her husband killed in battle because she had turned up pregnant and David who was considered a man after God's own heart he sinned grievously against God Mm -hmm. and he had been given everything and pride crept in and he sinned grievously against God Mm -hmm. 
And this psalm was David's psalm of repentance, mm -hmm. of seeking God's mercy. And I just, mm -hmm. I really felt, felt today like this, this was to be what we lift up to God today is Psalm 51. And as mm -hmm. we read it, read it along with me and, um, and personalize it. Mm -hmm. Don't don't look at this as, you know, for somebody else. Don't look at this as David's psalm. Look at this as your psalm right now. Mm -hmm. So it's Psalm 51, starting in 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation. And my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings and bulls will be offered on your altar. Amen. And we know that David was functioning out of the old covenant and that we mm -hmm. live under the new covenant. And that it's the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. He took our sins upon himself on the cross. Mm -hmm. He has bore our transgressions upon himself. And it is him. And if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you feel like something is missing in your life. Call upon his name. Invite him in. He will change your life. 
he will forgive you will be completely forgiven of everything if you invite him in right now and ask him ask him to be lord of your life it says in romans i believe it's in romans 10 romans 10 it says that we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe that God raised him from the dead on the third day, then we shall be saved. That's it. It's just that simple. You have to just make the choice to believe in your heart in Jesus Christ and call upon his name. Confess him with your mouth. Jesus is my Lord and you are saved. And he will come in and do a work in your life. And you will be transformed. You don't have to live in bondage and you don't have to live in fear. You are loved or accepted. You are loved and accepted. He wants our humility. That's mm-hmm. it. He wants us to humble ourselves. It's pride that separates us. 